And the best advice I ever heard is from Dr. James Gills, the only person on the planet who completes six double Ironman triathlons. That's <laughs> wow. double Ironman. Do one and then a day later do another one. Last time he did it, 59 years old. That's he was insane. asked how he did he said this. I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. He said if I listen to myself, now he's saying myself, but if, I, if I'm listening to the negative thoughts, the fear, the doubt, the complaints, they tell me I can't finish this race. There's no way I'm gonna be able to do it. But if I talk to myself, I could feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving forward. So that's our recipe. Don't listen to the negative thoughts. Talk to yourself with words of encouragement, with belief, with faith, with trust, that I'm gonna move forward. Hey, this is Cal Walters with the Intentional Leader Podcast. I first want to thank you for joining us here today. Our mission is to help you intentionally lead yourself, inspire others, and make the world a better place. I hope you enjoy this message. Let's go make it count. Hey, everyone. I'm Cal, and welcome to episode 77 of the Intentional Leader Podcast. Our goal is to help you live more intentionally and become the type of leader that others love to follow. And no matter where you are in your life and in your leadership journey, whether you feel like you're crushing it or whether you feel like you're just confused or maybe don't know where to go next, well, we want to help you grow and make progress and get to the next level and one of the ways that we do that is by bringing on amazing guests and teasing out life and leadership wisdom that you can go and apply right away. And in honor of the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, today I'm sharing with you an interview I did way back in the spring of 2020, right around the time that the world was locking down due to COVID-19 with best-selling author, speaker, and thought leader, John Gordon. And I really enjoyed this conversation with John and I think he does a great job of highlighting the importance of gratitude, of remaining positive, and the importance of fighting back against the enemies that try to steal our joy. And you probably know John. He's the author of 20-plus books, including eight bestsellers. He's sold over 4 million copies. A few of my favorites are The Energy Bus, The Power of Positive Leadership, and The Power of a Positive Team. John and his tips have been featured on The Today Show, CNN, CNBC, The Golf Channel, Fox and Friends, and in numerous magazines and newspapers. His clients include the Los Angeles Dodgers, Campbell Soup, Dell, Publix, Southwest Airlines, Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Rams, Snapchat, BB&T Bank, Clemson Football, Northwestern Mutual, West Point, and many more. John is a graduate of Cornell University, and he holds a master's in teaching from Emory University. On this episode, we talk about how John has not always been a positive person. An interesting story about that. In fact, you'll hear how he grew up in a pretty negative environment and how he began to turn around his marriage and his life. And we dig into some specific actions that he took to be more positive, like his gratitude walks. And we spend some time talking about self-belief and how we deal with negative thoughts that often creep into our mind. We also talk about comparison and we get into how he wants to be remembered in a few of his new books, Relationship, Grit, and The Garden. I'm pumped about this episode. I think it's gonna be, it's a shorter episode, but I think it's something that you can walk away with some practical tips to go and apply right away, especially this week of Thanksgiving, which gratitude is one of those things, even if it's not Thanksgiving, it's such a practical thing that we can do to reset our mind. It's one of those practices that if we really incorporate it into our life, we become happier people. We see the things that we otherwise don't see. 
this episode is brought to you by Higher Echelon Incorporated. Higher Echelon is a leadership development and organizational performance consulting firm providing human capital and technology services to optimize performance. Higher Echelon can help prepare your organization to meet the rapidly changing, complex, and often ambiguous requirements of today's world by helping develop resilient and adaptive leaders, modernizing and enhancing your processes and implementing transformational technology solutions. Go visit higherechelon.com to connect with the amazing team there and learn more about how they can help you and your team. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend or someone in your network. I want to say thank you in the interest of Thanksgiving to all of you who continue to listen to this podcast, to engage with us as a community. I'm so just honored to be on this journey with you. So I want to thank you for that. Without any further ado, please enjoy this conversation that I had with bestselling author, John Gordon. John Gordon, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Great to be with you. This is such an honor for me to, to have you on the show. And I hope that you and your family are doing well during COVID. How are, how's everything going for you guys? We're doing okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're healthy. So that's all you could ask, right? So we're healthy. I'm out here in California right now. I just flew from Florida out here because my daughter and my wife were here. Okay. My son's back in, in Jacksonville. So I'll be okay. going back there in a couple of weeks. So we're just sort of going back and forth between our kids to make sure we uh, spend time with both of them. That's awesome. Florida, California. That's not too bad uh, between, <laughs> between those two places. That's awesome. Well, um, I'd love to start, John, by hearing a little bit about your story. So you are now uh, Mr. Positive. I mean, I would say that you, you write about positivity, you teach about it, uh, you talk about positive leadership, which I love, positive teams. But as I've read your books and, and listened to your work, you haven't maybe always been that way. Uh, so I'd love to maybe start, for those that aren't familiar, by hearing your journey from perhaps being a little bit negative to, to really pivoting towards becoming a more positive person. You know, it's funny when I hear that term, Mr. Positive, because I am <laughs> not Mr. Positive. <laughs> I don't want to be known as Mr. Positive because uh, even though I write about positivity and positive leadership and I have positive university, right? Hmm. I am not naturally positive. I actually go towards the negative. I grew up in yeah. Long Island, New York, Jewish Italian family, a lot of food, a lot of guilt. My dad was a New York City police officer, undercover narcotics, shot a few times. So my dad was mm. not very positive. He was, a, <laughs> he was a very loving man, very loving dad, but just one of the most you know, negative guys on the planet. You'd get up in the morning, you'd say, hey, good morning, dad. He'd say, what's so good about it? So <laughs> I grew up in that kind of environment. And so where I naturally go towards the negative. So over the years, I had to really work at being positive. And it came to a head when my wife came up to me one day and she said, I love you, but I'm not going to spend my life with someone who makes me so miserable. You need to change. And that began this path of becoming a more positive person. I wanted to stay married. I wanted to be more positive. I wasn't living the life that I felt I was called to live. I wasn't living with purpose. I was allowing fear and stress and negativity to get the best of me. And so I knew that I needed to change. And that began this journey of changing. And once I started changing, that changed everything. Wow. John, take us back to that moment when she said that to you. What, what was going through your mind when you hear uh, this person that you've married, your wife that you love, and, and imagine, imagine spending the rest of your life with, say that to you? What, was, what did you think? And, and tell us about maybe how you started to pivot from that point. Well, we wrote about this in our book, Relationship Grit. It comes out at the end of August. And we share our tell-all. We share our truth. We share the mistakes we made, the mistakes mostly I made, not really her, but the most 
most of the, uh, for me, and all the things that we went through over the years, the ups and the downs. And that was a painful conversation to recall during that time because I, I you know, at first when she said it, I was angry. I was defensive. Yeah. And I think I was stormed out. And I don't think I decided to change in that moment. But then I came back and we had a conversation and I begged her to stay. And then I knew I needed to change. And I knew that I was blaming her, but yet I was really the problem. So it was more like owning the problem first is the key. I wrote it in the energy bus, right? You have to become the driver of your bus. Yeah. And once you decide to take the wheel, you decide the kind of ride it's going to be. So I had to take the wheel. I had to decide the kind of ride it's going to be. I had to take control of my life, control what I can control, and decide to start changing me before I changed everything. And that began, again, this path forward. So it was not easy to admit it. I find a lot of guys aren't willing to admit they need to change, where their pride prevents them from changing. Yeah. But once you're willing to change, how can I get better? How can I grow? How can I be a better husband, a better father, a better leader? The minute you start asking how you can do it, you're on the path to growing. And John, I think one of the reasons that you're so effective is because you've had this journey and because you're not, as you said, uh, naturally a positive person, because I think a lot of, there's a lot of positive stuff out there, but what I hear you talk about and what I read in your books is more long lasting. It's actual strategies uh, that have scientific backing to become more positive, to create a more positive lifestyle. Uh, what were some of those specific things that you started to do to shift uh, as you, you know, your wife had that conversation with you after storming out, what were some of those specific things you started to do? Well, this is not about Pollyanna. This is about real optimism, real belief, real faith. This is yeah. not about, it's not about seeing the world through rose colored glasses. Hmm. This is knowing that you have the power to overcome the thoughts. And so every day you change your inside to change the world outside. We create from the inside out. In my book, The Power of Positive Leadership, I talk about how pessimists do not change the world. Naysayers say you can't do it. Critics write words, but they don't write the future. You do by the way you act, by the way you think, by how you rally your team to create success with you. So all leadership begins with creating change from the inside out. So for me, I started taking a walk of gratitude every day. I read that you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. So if you're feeling blessed, you won't be stressed. So I started taking these thank you walks where I'd be walking and say what I was thankful for. And I read that the more you do that, you're creating the fertile mind that's ready for great things to happen. You're flooding your body and brain with these positive emotions that uplift you rather than the stress hormones that slowly drain and kill you. And the more I did that, the mind and soul is like a garden. You weed the negative, feed the positive. Do it for a day, it doesn't do much. Do it for a week. You start to see a little bit of change. Do it for a month, a year. Wow, the garden starts to look really nice. Do it for seven years. Do it for now about 15 years. In my case, maybe even longer, that garden wow. starts to look beautiful and magnificent. So every day you're weeding the negative, feeding the positive. Thank you walks, focusing on gratitude, focusing on opportunities instead of challenges. Like right now, we're in a major challenge. Okay, yeah. how can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I adapt? How can I innovate? What do I want to create now as I move forward? And the more we think about solutions instead of complaints, we move ourselves and our teams forward. And so it's funny how my work carried me from individual, right? How to get better individually to now building great teams and great organizations and great cultures. 
And that's what I do a lot of now for sports teams, as you know, Fortune yeah. 500 companies, military, police departments, you name it. Because ultimately, to be a better leader, we first have to lead ourselves so that we can lead others. Do you still do those walks today? Oh, yeah. I do them all the time. I'm still feeding the positive every day. Yeah. My motto right now through all of this, because I've lost a lot of business. I'm still having to pay my team. Yeah. You know, Money's not coming in like it was. The future can be pretty scary if you really think about what's going to happen coming forward. But I'm staying optimistic. I'm staying positive. But here's my motto. Win today. Mm. Win today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just win today. And then win the next day. And then win the day after that. And if I win each day, then I'm going to win the future. But I have to win each day first. Also, survive. Just survive this time as a company. In my health, survive. Advance. Yeah. Let's advance. Yeah. Let's move forward. Let's not look back. Let's look forward. We can't focus on what we've lost. We have to focus on what we will gain from this. We can become more during this time or we can become less. What you focus on, you will create. If you believe your best days are ahead of you, they are. What you believe will determine ultimately what you create and the actions that you take as you move forward. So it's, it's advanced. It's adapting. It's innovating. We just did our first virtual leadership training, our Power Positive Leadership Training. We've done a number of these physical events. This is our first one. In a month, we were able to adapt, pivot, That's put it awesome. together. Had over 150 people. Like, wow. It was a great testament to my team, an amazing team that worked to put it together. But it was our innovation to say, should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. So we were very nimble, adaptive, and we created that. So it's adapt. And then finally, it's thrive. So it's survive, it's advance, it's adapt, and it's thrive. Now, am I going to thrive mm -hmm. this year? Most likely not, you know, in terms of a business. I could thrive personally, but maybe not in the business. But yeah. everything I do now through the discomfort, through the growth, through the adaption, will make it so that I thrive on the other side of this. So I'm going to be stronger because of this. I'm going to be better because of this. And so will we if we have this kind of mindset that takes us forward. Oh man, that's so good. And I think it highlights how we can always find something positive. We can always find some way to shift our mindset. John, take us on your walk. <laughs> what, what are you thinking about? What are you doing? Are you asking yourself questions? Are you telling yourself things? What do you, what do, you do on those walks? It's really simple. It's not even um, magical or, uh, or mysterious. I can just take a walk. And while I'm okay. walking, I, I just say what I'm thankful for. Hey, I'm thankful that I can walk. I'm thankful that I'm healthy. Mm. I'm thankful that my family's healthy. Thankful I'm married to a, an amazing woman. We celebrated 23 years yesterday. I'm wow, thankful congrats. She, I'm, That's awesome. I'm, th I'm thankful didn't, she didn't leave me when she should have. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> I'm thankful that I get to do this work that people reach out to me and ask me to do podcasts, to speak to their teams, to write these books. Yeah. Thankful people read my books. So I'm just thankful I get to do this. I'm, I'm thankful that, again, that I have it each day to live. So you find these little things and it grows into the big things. And I'm going to be honest with you, my gratitude walks turn into walks of prayer. So I do gratitude first, but then I pray. And I really say, God, I trust in you, God. Like, I can't control this by myself. On my own, I am fearful. With God, I am faithful. And I know my faith, my faith in God doesn't make life easier. It makes me stronger. So I stay faithful on the journey. And that's been really big for me too over the years is I found faith. So on these gratitude walks, God started coming in on my walks. And I started just, he started speaking to me in, in so many ways. Book ideas, different things I was supposed to do, a lot of clarity about my life, my purpose, why I was here, 
what I needed to do next. And out of that, I started to live that way every day and start to change me. So, so faith is a big part of my journey as well. And that's why I think I have become so positive. I wouldn't be this positive on my own. And one last question. I'm sorry for all the questions about the gratitude walks. I'm just so curious. Do you do them in the mornings, the evenings? Do you have a certain time of day that you do them? So I used to do one a day, but now during the whole COVID thing, I'm now doing one in the morning, one at night. So I'm doing two a day for sanity. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. My wife and I and my daughter, we have been walking all over Charlottesville, Virginia. That is also what's keeping us sane. Isn't that Uh, great though? Like things you would have never done in the past. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We could adapt in so many ways. And if we look at this, yes, it's been sad. Yes, there are people that have lost their lives. I've lost both my parents. So I know what it's like Mm -hmm. to lose a loved one. And so that's not positive, but there are positive things that can come from this. And you always have to find the positive for the way forward. And so my son is home from college. He's a sophomore. I've been home. I'm usually traveling all over the place. He's usually traveling for tennis and college and so forth. So we don't spend a ton of time together. Well, now we're spending a lot of time together. And I knew he needed to get his life on track, back in order. So I'm literally coaching him every day. I'm driving him. On, yeah. on, I'm on him, but in a loving way, but a challenging way. I'm loving tough. Love must come first. Tough love only works when love comes first. You got to love them first. Once they know you love them, you earn the right to challenge them and push them. But I'm doing that. And I can see over time, the last few months, our relationship has become so much stronger mm-hmm. and it will be stronger for the rest of our lives. So for me, that's been the greatest opportunity in this challenge and the greatest yeah. blessing And if this doesn't happen, I don't have that kind of relationship with my son. So again, I'm finding the big positive in this. And I would personally, I wouldn't want anyone else to go through this. I would personally go through this again for that relationship. I'm with you, John. I'm saying we have this, uh, we have these trails behind our house that I honestly didn't even know existed until this happened. But my daughter, my daughter and I have been going out to these trails. We've been hiking. All of a sudden she loves to hike. We've been looking for four leaf clover. I mean, all these little things. It's just a matter of slowing down and, and to your point, seeing the positive, but there's so much, uh, and I know it's a tough time for so many, uh, but I, I love that, John. I think that's great. One thing I wanted to ask you about is self-belief because I think a lot of us, you know, there, it's one thing to be negative outwardly. I think sometimes we're so negative towards ourselves. Uh, and I, I've heard you tell your story about you went to, you went to college pre-law your, your parents expected you to become a lawyer. That was kind of the, the general expectation. And then you didn't. Um, and, and I'm just curious, what would you tell people who perhaps are going down a different path than the expectations of their parents? And also, how do we cultivate a positive self-belief like in, in terms of just the things we tell ourselves and the things we believe about ourselves? Well, one is you have to live the life that you are called to live, not what your parents want you to live. And so the biggest regret is that we lived the life that what people expected of us instead of what we wanted for ourselves or what we felt in our heart. So don't listen to the critics. Listen to your heart that knows you were born to do this. It's about what you're called to do. It is your life. I don't want my children to be what I want them to be. I want them to be everything God created them to be. And so I want them to live their purpose, their destiny. And so as a parent, we need to give them the permission and the possibility to go after their dreams. And the same thing for ourselves, right? We have to live the life we're called to live. So it's what we want to teach our kids, but we have to show them that this is how it's done. We have to actually set the example. So for me, it's being bold. It's being courageous. It's being daring. It's being optimistic. 
and it's being faithful that you're going to go after this and you're going to try to make it happen. I mean, I second mortgaged my home, $20,000 in credit cards to open up my first Moe's Southwest Grill Burrito place. And I knew I needed to do that to then provide enough income that would allow me to write and speak. I had to take one action to hopefully lead to this goal and dream. I'm waking up every morning, writing in the morning in the chaos of my kids and young children because I want to write this book. And yet I'm doing it every day with the discipline that I know I need to do this. So I'm not blaming anyone else at that point. I was a blamer early in my marriage, but now I'm taking responsibility for my life, control my life, and I'm showing up every day to do this work, to go after it. And everything I am now, everything I've become, everything I've done is a result of being bold, being courageous, and having the confidence and the faith to go after it. But again, I don't want to take credit because it's not on my own. God has given me this incredible courage, this strength, where I truly believe that I'm going to follow it, I trust, and I'm going to take action, and I'm going to say, see what happens. And I have failed on some things, and I have succeeded on others. But every time you're failing, you're not failing, you're becoming. But back to your thoughts. Do your negative thoughts come from you? Let me ask you that, Cal. Do your negative thoughts come from you? Mm, that's a good... Uh, Most people say yes. Yes, they do. Well, you said you know earlier, right? These thoughts that you have and self-doubt. There's no such thing as self-doubt because your negative thoughts are not coming from you. Who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Mm. You would never choose a negative thought, right? So right. Where, are they coming, where are they coming from? They come from consciousness. No one has ever found a thought inside of a brain. The brain is the hardware. It's where activation happens. Consciousness, the mind is the software. It's like the internet cloud. And we're always downloading thoughts from consciousness to our brain. When you're sleeping, dreaming or having nightmares, are you choosing those thoughts? <laughs> no. <laughs> those dreams? No. Yeah. This, this blows people's mind when they think about it, right? No. So you're not choosing those thoughts. They're always coming in. The key is to understand those thoughts are not coming from you. It's a spiritual battle. And there is a battle going on. And the negative thoughts want to sabotage you. Because why would we have thoughts that we're not enough, that we're not going to be successful, that our future is hopeless? That wouldn't come from us. And people say, well, you've heard them before from other people. People have those thoughts even when they come and grow yeah. up in a 100% positive environment. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. They're always attacked in the place of our identity. Hmm of who you are. Mostly a lot of times as a man, right? I'm a man. I have this identity. I'm attacked in what I want to become in my performance. And I work with a lot of professional female athletes and they feel the same way. They want to be successful. They want to perform well. So they get attacked in the place of their identity. So you'll be attacked there. So the negative thoughts are not coming from you. Once you understand that, don't believe the lies that they tell. Instead, what you want to do is speak truth to the lies. And the best advice I ever heard is from Dr. James Gills, the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons. That's <laughs> wow. double Ironman. Do one and then a day later do another one. Last time he did it, 59 years old. That's he was insane. asked how he did he said this. I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. So if I listen to myself, now he's saying myself, but if, I, if I'm listening to the negative thoughts, the fear, the doubt, the complaints, they tell me I can't finish this race. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it. But if I talk to myself, I could feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving forward. So that's our recipe. Don't listen to the negative thoughts. Talk to yourself with words of encouragement, with belief, with faith, with trust that I'm, I'm going to move forward. In my book, The Garden, that's coming out, I talk about the five Ds that will sabotage you. This is the five Ds that 
negativity that fear uses to bring you down. I said it's a spiritual battle. There is a battle of good versus evil, and evil wants to sabotage you, and it creates doubt, distortion, lies. That's the second D, distortion. Third D, discourage. We don't give up because it's hard. We give up because we get discouraged. Fourth D, distraction. We get distracted on what matters most, right? We focus on distractions. They are the enemy of greatness. And the fifth D, division, right? You are divided. We know in the military, you lose. A sports team that gets divided loses, right? If you can't be, if you're divided, you cannot stand strong. So we have to be united. That's the answer. Instead of division, we are united. And by the way, the word anxious means divided. Literally means divided. So people are so anxious that they're divided. They feel separate. So unity, back to distraction, we focus on what matters most. Back to discouragement, we focus on encouraging. Encouragement is essential. So we're always speaking truth and positive words of encouragement to ourselves and to others. The word encourage means to put courage into someone. So we're putting courage into others. We're putting courage into ourselves. And instead of distortion lies, we're speaking truth to those lies like Dr. James Gills did. And instead of doubt, we're trusting. And that's how we win the battle of our mind. It's a simple formula. But once you understand how the battle is being waged, you can now win the battle. Once you know the enemy's game plan, you can counter it with a better game plan. Well, mm. that's what I do. I give you the game plan, understand how the battle is being waged so you can win the battle. And it's so clear. You can see it play out. You can see it everywhere. No matter what religion you are, you can see this playing out and it makes so much sense. Don't you think? Totally. Yeah. And oh man, John, that's just so, so incredible. Some of those nuggets. And I, and I just, I think back to what something you said earlier, it, it is, it is often our own mindset, our own thoughts that hold us back from doing what is our God given purpose in life to go out and do and, and pursue that courageously. So I think that's so important. So often it's those negative thoughts that we believe about ourselves that. Right, so, so the thought comes in, the thoughts coming in, you think it's from you. So you believe it. Yeah. Then you reinforce it. Yeah. Then you even speak it out loud. Right. Then you feel guilty and shameful for having those thoughts and you beat yourself up. Yeah. The enemy knows he can't beat you himself. So what does he do? He gets you to beat yourself. Yeah. Your job is to understand every negative thought is not from you. Stop believing them. Stop saying them. Stop reinforcing them. Continually speak the words of encouragement and truth to yourself. And the more you do that, you will win the battle. You will walk in the truth and the power. My 20-year-old son, that's what I've been talking to him all the time about. Stop listening to those lies. You know, he's got so much negative thoughts coming in. They're not from you, bud. Here's what you got to do. And it's hard. It's hard because he's, 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 um, he's so susceptible, right? He's so susceptible to the game plan. And over time, though, the more I continue to tell him this, I know over time he'll finally see it, realize it, and win the battle himself. How much of that, John, is comparison, especially in the world we live in of Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, all these things? I mean, do you, do you think a lot of that does come from... I mean, it may not necessarily be someone telling it to us directly, but it's that those thoughts that begin to cultivate from this comparison, this constant comparison to where we're at compared to where other people are. Well, where does comparison attack you in? The place of your identity, as I said earlier, who you are, you're not enough. Someone is more successful than you because if you truly trust in who you are, you value who you are, you love who you are, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. When you're on your path, doing your thing. That's where I get caught up in sometimes. I see sometimes the comparison and how it affects me. I got to recognize it, not take the bait 
and move forward. My son comes home from college and he goes, Hey dad, uh, you know, Gary V. I'm like, yeah, I know Gary V. He's like, he's got like, like 7 million followers on Instagram. How many do you have? <laughs> so I look, I go, there I don't go. know. I look at my Instagram. I got like 79,000 or 75,000 or something like that. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, far cry from 7 million. And right then and there, I felt like a total failure. Hmm. Like it didn't matter that I've written yeah. 20 books, sold 4 million copies, <laughs> right? I've had a, a, you know, thankfully an impact. I swear in that moment, I felt like a failure. I really did. Like, hmm. oh my God, like I've done nothing with my life. I've got to yeah. get my Instagram <laughs> following up. And right then and there, I felt the comparison. Hmm. And then I was reminded pretty quickly of the truth. Don't compare. Just focus on your path, yeah. your, your purpose, what you're here to create. Good for Gary. That's his message. That's what he's here to do. John, you're here to do something else. Yes. And, and now build, build your platform to reach more people with your message. Yeah. So is it a motivation? A little bit, but not in a bad way. Now it's motivating in a good way to have more purpose, to sh- share more encouragement, to do this work. And so it would have been very easy though, to go down that path because I felt that way for maybe about a couple hours until I turned it around. But that feeling was the worst feeling in the world. So I tell a friend this, and my friend said, hey, John, think about that. Think about the success you've had. Now think of a, of a young person who hasn't had much success. Yeah. And they see someone else being successful. If you felt that way, imagine how they feel and how it's affecting them. Woo! So there are so many young people that are, are being affected by the comparison of yeah. seeing the success of others. So Again, Instagram is just the vehicle. Twitter is the vehicle. Social media is the vehicle. It's not the main source. The main source is the battle, the spiritual battle of good versus evil. And evil will always get you to focus on comparison rather than your purpose. It will get you to focus on the success of others rather than your own success. It will get you to be bitter instead of focusing on you to get better. So you have to see how the battle is playing out. And I share more of that in the garden and explain the whole, the whole principles and concepts. Yeah, I think that's so important. I had a big light bulb moment. It was probably five years ago for me personally. I was just kind of getting started and we were starting to invest some money. And then I started to learn what some of my other friends were making or investing. And it just immediately stole that joy that I had of my own journey. And I listened to this awesome sermon by Andy Stanley. And he talked about how you know there's no win in comparison. It's like chasing after the wind. And a lot of this, what you're talking about, John, is exactly what he talks about as well. So I, I love that you're speaking that. I think I would just also make one last point and you've already made this point, but I just want the audience to really hear this. Sure. You have the choice whether or not to believe those thoughts. You have the choice. You don't have to believe everything you think. And I think that's critical. John, one last question as we're wrapping up. Uh, so often we focus on the things we're against. Uh, and I'd like to ask you, what would you like to be remembered as being for? Hmm. Love that. I'm for other people. I root for people to be successful because I know that people who create success help others create more success. So I root for people to be successful. I want to be known for encouraging others. Like that's my big thing. I want to encourage others to help them become all they're meant to become. At the end of the day, my mission is to encourage as many people as possible, one person at a time. So if I make that difference one person at a time and could influence a lot of people, then I'm living my mission, my vision, my purpose every day. So I would say it's to encourage, to inspire, to hopefully uplift, to share this positive mindset, to help people become positive leaders. And I'm for people being all that they're meant to be instead of allowing the fear and the doubt and the negativity to keep them from their purpose and their passion and their destiny. 
I love that, John. Well, you're doing it. You're doing great work. Keep it up, man. Um, real quick, as we're, as we're running off here, tell us real quick about the books that are coming out. I know you got The Garden coming out and Relationship Grit. Yep. When can people find those? Garden comes out at the end of June. Don't know when this is going to air, but okay. uh, the garden comes out at the end of June. But we are allowing people to join the launch team now. And if they join the launch team, which they could just find on social media, we're sharing it there. They join the launch team. They order the book. They pre-order it. And then they get a copy to read right now. So they get an electronic awesome. copy to read right now. Because I didn't want to wait till the end of June. I know a lot of people are struggling with, with negativity right now and with anxiety and fear and stress. So we said, all right, let's get this out now to make an impact. So this was a simple way to do that. Relationship grit comes out at the end of August. Okay. You know, a lot of couples that are struggling right now, they're spending a lot of time together. Yeah. On, the, on the humorous side, I asked my wife on a scale of one to 10, how much do you like to be married to me? She said, <laughs> pre-COVID or now? <laughs> and so, but, but yeah, but we had a week apart, you know, her, her being in California, me being in Florida until I came out here. And uh, she likes me again, so that's good. So, <laughs> all right. So, but but I know. But on a serious note, yeah, sh- couples are struggling right now. Yeah, for sure. And so we really want to get that out too to help couples stick together, stay strong together, go through the diversity. And I'm telling you, my wife should have left me. If mm. if we could stay together, then anybody could stay together. If they really commit to it and they know that they're supposed to be together, we know that some people are meant to to probably not stay together. Some are not meant to. There there are a few that are not meant to. This is the book for those who should still be together, but for this, they would actually break apart and they would divorce and they would divide and they would, they would end their marriage. So if we can help people that should stay together, stay together, that's our mission. You know what's so cool? One of my workshop leaders, her and her husband read the book. They asked for an early copy because they were really struggling. They were living in different houses. The husband read it, identified with my struggles, my overcoming, really saw like how much I changed, saw his own issues and what he needed to deal with. And he asked for her to come back. And he had a eureka moment. And he had a faith moment that changed his life. And now they're back together. So the coolest thing is that you can impact someone in your own life like that, like on your team. Wow. So our hope is that it will impact relationships and and families as a result of that. So those two are coming out. People can find me at johngordon.com, j-o-n-gordon.com, Twitter, Instagram and so forth at J O N Gordon 11. And I'm always sharing encouragement or information on the books and so forth. Yeah. I love following you on all your social media, John. You do great work. And I'll put all the links to these books at my website, calwalters.me. John, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. And I sincerely enjoyed getting to hang out today. I appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks, Cal. I know you're in the military. I know that you have a lot of military listeners. I just want to say thanks to them. They're the heroes. I am not a hero at all. When I think of heroes, I think of them. My grandfather served in World War II, stormed the beaches of Normandy, uh, was shot in the neck. Wow. He w- went to, to Manila to recover, uh, went back into the war, from what I understand, actually went back, comes back, and my mom had not been born yet. And he and my grandmother had my mom. If he dies, I don't exist. And the fact that he made it out and lived, I now exist. Wow. And so I think of him, I think of you all, the way you serve and the way you sacrifice. I write books you live these principles and share them every single day by the way you live your life. So just thank you so much. And I just want you to know, and your listeners to know, I appreciate them. All right. God bless. Thanks, John. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with John Gordon. I love the idea of the thoughts that come into our brain are not from us and we don't have to believe them. I think that's such an interesting concept that we can take those thoughts into our brain 
and we can judge are these true thoughts are these things that i should believe or are these things that i should just let go and i love this idea also of talking to yourself <laughs> maybe not out loud but just the idea of, of speaking truth to yourself things that you know are true uh, the encouragement that you need. And I think that really highlights the importance of gratitude, of, of saying out loud or writing down or just being deliberate about the practice of gratitude, of saying those things that we have in our life, of making the small things the big things. Over time, when we practice that over and over and over, we become people of joy, we become people of, of appreciation. And we, we want to be around people like that. And I think it's just a wonderful way to be. And I think it makes us more attractive to other people. I want to let you know again that I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be on this journey with you. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving week. And if you're not listening to this over Thanksgiving, again, I hope you practice gratitude in your life. I'm trying to do that myself. I, I have, just like all humans, I have a negativity bias. But the more I practice gratitude, the more I see the things in my life that sometimes I just don't see. So go and make it a great week. Go and impact the people around you. Remember that life is short and let's go make it count.